The following is an archive podcast presented by the Branson and Hudson Foundation for Podcast Recovery. This podcast is entitled Beetle Maniacs. It is the first and only episode of the podcast. Welcome to episode one. The year was the 1960s. The electric guitar had been around for years, but nobody had thought to plug it in. Until the Beatles, that is. The Beatles were a group of mop-topped young lads from the quiet suburb of Liverpool, famous for being the home of the Beatles. These young lads had mop-tops on their heads. Then they decided to write songs. Their first album, The Beatles Go Electric, was an international smash hit that went to number one on the charts. All it took was a guitar and a smash hit song to make the Beatles go to the top of those famous charts. And on the charts is where they stayed. These well-known Beatles were seemingly everywhere in the 60s. You could find them in big stadiums, in yellow submarines, and even on the charts. One time, they even walked across a road, which was taboo in England (laughs) at the time, because the Queen said everyone should drive cars all the time. Maybe you have seen the famous Beatles... Uh, from their classic album cover, where John, Paul, George, Ringo, Pete, and Don are all smashed into the backseat of a Volkswagen Beetle, which the Queen named in their honor. However, they decided to stop making music because the 60s ended. (laughs) These little-known lads from Liverpool are about to have their big break, because this is Beetle Maniacs, the most groovy journey into Beatle culture this side of Liverpool City, way across the pond. My name is Cromwell Starr, and today, for our very first episode, I am joined by two of the world's best Beatleologists, Russ Lennon and Peter Bitch. Russ, are you as excited to talk Beatles as I am today? Uh, I think we could say that this is uh, Beatlemania. Oh. oh, yeah, I guess it is, huh? Didn't really answer the question, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he's doing his best John Lennon impression because that's what Lennon used to say. Like, oh, it's Beatlemania, isn't it? Eh? It's Beatlemania. It sounds like he's right in the to... room with us. I'm, I wish. Hello. Oh. oh, is that Peter? Is that how you talk? No, I talk normal. I was just every, when you talk about the Beatles, you slip into it. You know. Well, it's what John would have wanted. Like, oh, I, I think. We started so, the Beatles too. so that we could make everyone talk British like this, you know? That was the dream oh, and first, and we, we started writing songs to promote the accent, you know? I liked it when... that. I'm sorry, I, I wasn't, I'm not as good as it is, you guys. I quite like the Beatles. I'm a Beatles fan. It's a bit... It, with the, uh, it's a Beatles, in it? No, sorry, mm. hold on, I'll get there. Just keep going. So, uh, 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 Peter, how are you feeling? Well, I feel I feel good. Um, I'm happy to be here, get a little time away from the family, and uh, hang out with you guys and talk about the Beatles. You know, get away from my you know dreary music historian professor and your co- beautiful and wife that you hunted for so long for a woman named Lucy. Well, yeah, I did. Well, I wouldn't call it hunting. You don't really hunt women. I mean, you could, but you wouldn't want to. It's it's very taboo. I mean, I had to hunt for a woman named Sadie. I, I, can we uh, start over? I feel like I've messed up like three or four times and talked about hunting women, and I can't do it. You know what? Never mind. I'll, we'll just cut it out, right? Well, we can just pivot to some trivia. Like, did you know that Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds was named that because that was uh, John Lennon's favorite suit to play in poker? 
If he had you a know, hand diamond. of just spades, he would fold it, even if he had some good cards. He was playing Dang. He was playing cards while he was on LSD, and he thought of the, the track. Well, it was actually the Beatles had their own type of cards that they played with each other. It was a, it was a very unique game in that only the members of the Beatles knew how to play. <laughs> they called it Beatles Poker. And what they would do is they would gather around this big green like felt classic style poker table right and everybody could draw everybody could bring their own deck of cards everybody could draw as many cards as they wanted and every beetle had their own suit uh you know with the famous diamonds that he liked and you know ringo was a fan of the clubs you know and then the other two they like the other two ones so that settles that, but nobody knew the rules to Beatles poker. And when the media would ask about it, they'd flip off, you know, they'd say, flip you, go flip yourself, stuff like that. Yeah, it's actually kind of funny because they wrote that song Beatles poker and the lyrics were like, they were like, you know, let's play Beatles poker. Let's all draw some cards. And like the fans heard that and they're like, what the fuck are they talking yeah. about? What the fuck is this we don't shit? What know the, the fuck exact is Beatles rules. poker? But That's the what it was, people, people that were close to the Beatles, including ex-Beatle Pete Best, has said on record that it, he said it was just war. He said they just play war. Sometimes it was go fish. He said the rules well, were they, constantly changing, but they called it they Beatles They had poker. that notebook. I think it was Ringo was in charge of the notebook, and Ringo would dock down everybody's score at the end of the game, and it was like a running score. And even when there was like, you know, when we talk about the 70s Beatles and when they kind of, you know, progress and their musical styles vary, um, that really was the one thing keeping the Beatles together is nobody wanted to leave the Beatles because no one wanted, you know, the games were so close and so heated that if you quit the Beatles, you wouldn't be able to play Beatles poker anymore. That was rule number yeah, and one. And the other thing is um, there's a... a a popular, I think fairly credible theory that the reason John Lennon killed himself is because he was in so much debt in Beatles poker. He's like, well, oh, everyone knows that he had, debt. I mean, they all owed each other stuff. George Harrison was famously missing his ring finger and that's because John ate it after he won it in Beatles yeah. poker. Yeah, they would they would make very, very bizarre bets that involve their own body parts, their own body fluids. Um, uh, yeah, he was like, oh, I'm British and I'm going to eat a finger pie. And then he ate it. And then he wrote the song Finger Pie. Well, uh, Finger it, Pie, think- it translates it to actual American English, but it was originally called Finger Bram. Um, there was uh, uh, a very uh, memorial, uh, memorable um, night of Beatles poker. I think it was in 63. And that's when, you know, the, the stakes of it haven't been disclosed or whatever. But because of that game, uh, George Harrison actually had to kiss Ringo Starr on the lips before bed every night for the rest of his life. And, you know, they're still like salty old guys just... And then, they, and then, uh, you know, Ringo goes to bed. Like that's these rules are ironclad of Beatles poker. Now, like Paul McCartney, maybe we should talk about McCartney a little. We've been talking about Lennon. Uh, Paul McCartney, he was famously known as the fifth Beatle because he was uh, the most popular. So he got to have the highest number of Beatles. He actually started a band called Wings, yeah. which were much more popular than the Beatles were. And um, the Beatles were, are considered a bit underrated. Um, and I, I, they have a bit of a cult following now, clearly from us. But it was an homage, homage. People, people were all about wings. Yeah, but the wings were referring to the Beatles, the Beatles that had wings. And he said that the wings is just a part of the Beatle. 
you know. Oh, yeah, I get it. That's why George Harrison started a group called The Legs. The Legs, and, The Thorax. Uh, I think Ringo... Yeah, that was Ringo Starr's project, The Ringo Thorax. Ringo did, yeah. uh, did, like, it was like a, a, a post-punk band called The Thorax, um, you know. And, and you know, the, the sales on these weren't exceptional, but it still counts in the, you know, canon, in the lexicon of, you know, Beatles history. Um. I was hoping to share an uh, 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 interesting piece of research that we've been talking about, uh, about something that people don't know uh, about the Beatles. Um, well, except us, we know. Well, yes, I mean, but, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about the Beatles and everyone always kind of goes for the same stuff, right? You know, John gets shot, you know, Paul makes... Well, he killed himself. Well, but, we'll, okay. we'll see, because I actually... Te- I, I own a piece of history. I te- I own the handgun that uh, you know Mark David Furman shot uh, John Lennon with, and I've looked. Well, they never found the. They never found who did it. That's why I think he killed. Well, him no, so. yeah, I have the gun, and you can see from the gun that it's impossible that John Lennon was shot by this gun. Which you know I have it with me. I'll bring it out. And we can play with it later. But um, I wanted to talk about you know some of the instances that happened before his death in 1980. Um, I take it you are all familiar with the Beatles rap album. Oh, of course. You mean Yo? Yo. Yes. By the rap and Beatles? The name of the... The best album they ever made. Well, yeah. I mean, it it had a hundred different songs. Um, they changed the name of it. You know, there was still the Beatles, but they, they released it under the artist name, the Rapping Beatles. And um, the whole thing was John Lennon's kind of passion project in which he wanted to make a rap album that drew attention to the national debt. He was very, very against America's rising debt. And he said stuff about China and all this. <laughs> and he gave lots of interviews to talk about, hey, you know, we can't have this debt. You know, uh, we got we got to we got to start making a surplus on the tax policy. And Yo <laughs> was the fruits of that efforts. As we all know, in 1980, hip hop was still young and the Beatles really were trailblazers in the field and they do not get credit for that. <laughs> There's a famous conversation that took place uh, that kind of conceptualized this album where uh, John Lennon from the Beatles, he got on the phone with uh, Paul McCartney from the Beatles, and he said, Paul, it's John from the Beatles. I want to make another Beatles record. <laughs> and Paul was like, oh, John, I don't feel like playing my me guitar anymore. And he's like, you don't need to play your guitar. We're going to rap on this one. And then uh, George and came then in. That was history. And he said, I'm learning how to play a big banjo with Rolfi Shankar. And on the album, I'd like to rap about doing LSD and living in Wembley Arena. <laughs> oh, that's where they lived, actually, because they were so rich. They bought Oh, it well, you know, the, the opening lines of Yo! is, you know, it's uh, John coming in over a very, like, chill, <laughs> like, a, like a lo-fi chill beats to study to. And, you know, the first lines are, hey, pretty lady, it is nice to see you. My name is The Beatles and I live in Wembley Arena. <laughs> Well, I mean, there's varying tracks. There's over a hundred tracks on the album, which is, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's very impressive, especially for being the first rap group. And uh, simultaneously, they alone invented the genre. Uh, but you have songs like "Mr. Dogcatcher" with lyrics <laughs> like "Mr. Dogcatcher takes off his shirt, gotta wrestle that schnauzer, put him deep in the dirt." <laughs> Mr. Dogcatcher chasing ladies too, always missing a shirt or one of his shoes. Well, he's having a laugh while he's having a laugh. 
Yeah, um, we actually have a clip um, from one of the unreleased tracks off the album. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure the technical aspects of it. Um, uh, here, it should be playing now. Well, this doesn't seem uh, right. Is this a song? Um, I'm sorry, everyone. Technical difficulties. This isn't the right song. I'm not. I'm not sure what this is. Uh, who's the keyboard? Could you? Could you? Could we? Could we? Could we th thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. Let me go through my Rolodex here and see who I can call to get this kind of technical thing uh, uh, settled because uh, did not play the right clip. Let me just. Ugh. Yeah, no one's ever heard the full album. They they allegedly pressed one copy to vinyl before uh, uh, John Lennon became the first rapper ever to get shot. Yeah, he was the um, first rapper to ever get shot in uh, 1980. Um, you know, unfortunately, they had to cancel the album when he got shot because the rest of the Beatles didn't care enough about the national debt. They were like, let's just scrap the album. You know? Well, they weren't really the passionate forces behind it. And um, there are... You know, conflict within the band, as you all remember, the Queen uh, was very upset that the Beatles, you know, the national treasures of England, you know, in England, they called them the lads from Liverpool. And the Queen said if they go ahead and release, you know, this rap album, then it, there would be repercussions. Uh, <laughs> well, Ring I'm glad you brought up the Queen. She was she um, said to have wanted to behead John Lennon for writing that album. Well, Ringo Starr was already a knight, and she claimed that yeah. she was going to take his suit of armor away. The Queen dropped that single. Actually, ironically, she dropped a uh, hip-hop single herself called Bring Me the Head of John Lennon, and that's why he went to America. Yeah. I mean, it was tough. It was, it was essentially like a, you know, a, a, a Salman Rushdie situation where John Lennon is afraid to disclose <laughs> the Queen where... declared a fatwa. <laughs> It's exactly like that, yeah. Is the Queen declared um, a fatwa on John Lennon? And, you know, he's in the studio with Don Henley uh, from the Eagles, which is a whole other bag of worms. I'm not sure if we even want to get into that yet about well, that. Well, I think first I want to I talk a little about the Queen because uh, now that we're talking about her, we need to get kind of a little more in depth there because she had a very on and off relationship with the Beatles throughout the 60s. Like early on in their career, you know, uh, the Queen actually banned them from England because their song about holding hands was just too heavy. It was right. the heaviest thing she'd ever heard. And she was like, get out of this country. Mm -hmm. So the Beatles were at the airport like, oh, we can't stay in our country. Where are we going to go? And then Ringo was like, well, if we go across the pond over there to play That's our what music. they called the Atlantic Ocean for those who yeah, are not Yeah, that's what they aware. used to call it in the it's 60s. Pond. They say across the pond. It's, yeah. it's yeah. actually so an ocean. It's not a pond. He was like, oh, oh, what if we play our hit records in the states of the United States, you know? And they're like, yeah, that would be, what if we go to the top of the charts over there, you know? So that was what they did. I'd like um, to go to, um, sorry, fuck. But then, I, so, I quite like the states. I'm, jo I'm George that, Harrison. Sorry, sorry, keep going. you know, they spent enough time in America getting popular and the Queen saw how popular they were in America and she was like, maybe I was wrong about these Beatles. So well, she had him come over to her house in the castle and <laughs> she was like, yo, you guys are actually pretty good. Um, like, can I be your friend? And they like hotboxed the throne room with the queen and like they talked about like drugs and, and music and uh, she became a big fan and she actually joined the Beatles for about two years yeah. in the middle of the 60s on rhythm guitar. A lot of people don't realize this, but the queen wasn't always like this old 
like mummy lady. This old bitch. She used, like she wasn't always this old bitch that like killed Princess Diana and stuff. She used to be like hip and cool. Um, she was apparently. She even told them that they can they can stop. She told them they could stop wearing the ties. Yeah. It was the queen, which is shocking. Well, she, they were you the know, first British men allowed to not wear ties in public. She is responsible for introducing Ringo Starr to ketamine um, because her and Ringo <laughs> became very close for a while. And she was only about 70 during this period. I think she's about 120 years old now. Um, but during this, she was still like lively and, you know, you know, not nearly as inbred as the rest of the royals. And um, it really looked like things were kind of coming up for the Beatles. Yeah, a lot of the songs in that period uh, were kind of influenced by the Queen because uh, Mean Mr. Mustard was about the Queen. Um, Sergeant Pepper and his famous uh, band uh, was someone that the Queen went to high school with. Um, it's just kind of a lot of like trivia there. You know? And she even defended them after a lot of their hand-holding songs were blamed in the media for the, uh, you know, the rise of <laughs> hand herpes in London. <laughs> It was a localized herpes virus that only affected really your like fingernails and thumbs. And, uh, you know, they attributed it to loose morals and whatnot. And people were pushing for hand condoms to be worn in schools. And it was this crazy time. But, you know, back then the queen had their back, you know, before, you know, these uh, musings of a rap album had actually come to light. And they were so popular with the ladies, too, that they kind of changed fashion because British women used to always be bald until like 1963. Oh, yeah. And then these British women saw the Beatles with their mop-topped hair, and they were like, Oh, I'm going to grow my hair out long like John Lennon. I'd like to have long, pretty hair like George Harrison. That was okay, right? Yeah, you sounded kind of British. Thank you. Oh. You sounded Mancunian to me, or Liverpudlian even. Oh, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I know there's a lot of lads from there. Yeah. Actually, it's interesting that Liverpool has the highest concentration of lads per capita on Earth. So it's not really that surprising that these particular lads ended up being mop-topped and coming from Liverpool. Of all places. You know, while we're on the subject of the rap album, um, a lot of people think that this is like a flash in the pan thing. Like it's something they did to like cash in. You know, it's like when they did all the covers on a lot of their compilation albums and whatnot. But this was really a huge process that was decades in the making. Uh, songs like Let It Be were written by Paul McCartney about to John Lennon. It, they wrote songs that addressed each other and made each other sing them as jokes. And it was like and that let was it actually just originally stop. a rap. Yeah, let, let it, it be was a rap. Like stop rapping. Let it be. Like, let you need it to, be. Yeah. Let me smoke my weed. Let it be. Yeah. Let it be. My name's Mick Cartney. Yeah, and he's like, see how dumb that sounds, John. But John was not perturbed. John uh, was like, oh, I think it sounds pretty good. He had just started dating Yoko Ono, and she had like told him her plan. You know, to manipulate them and break up the band, and he was on board with that. He was saying like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, like I want you to like, you know, drive a wedge between us. And she, you know, said, I will. And I support your rap album. And, you know, Yoko Ono uh, said to John Lennon, let's eat chocolate cake in a bag. <laughs> and that made it into his song called Chocolate Cake in a Bag. Mm hmm. Chocolate Cake in a Bag was a great song. And a lot of people don't get how, you know, ripe those metaphors were. Um, well, Yoko inspired many of the songs on Yo. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, that's, I mean, Yo, <laughs> Some people Ko -ono. speculated that Yo is short for Yoko. That's true. But also, that's true. Uh, half the songs <laughs> may have been about Yoko. Some, a lot of them may have been about the Queen. Various tracks, I mean, just the titles alone, Blinging on These Women, <laughs> Gold and More Gold, Heaven Let Me Live, Badness and Sadness too. 
Listen, Wally actually, the Rabbit. Yoko did have some um, direct involvement in the album because there's that one skit called Yoko's Interlude (parentheses skit) where she's selling a bag, of, she's selling a bag of weed to the Beatles <laughs> and negotiating the price with them. Well, uh, you know, if you if you look at the songs and you pay attention closely, you can see kind of where those hints pay attention. Uh, from the song we call uh, the trash rubbish, uh, there's the line here. Uh, rip a rap. Wait, let me ju- try to do it in their voice. A uh, rip a rap, a rip a rap. Oh no, <laughs> our band is being broken up by Yoko. Oh no. <laughs> My name is John Lennon, and I'll never get shot. I like to be groovy and smoke all my pot. <laughs> Oh, man, that song goes. That's one of the songs I've heard from that album. It fucking goes. Yeah, dude. The Beatles rap album. A lot of people think now it sounds trite and lazy, but these were (laughs) finely crafted songs. Uh, You know, we didn't have a lot of the technological advancements that Eminem brought to rap yet. So really, 80s rap was a lot of like, you know, I'm going to the store, you know, I'm buying weed from Yoko Ono. They're about to eat, how hungry they are. Yeah. Um, Great and people big think that the chicken nugget like the, in the sky. <laughs> they think that the drum tracks are kind of lazy because half the songs just have beatboxing. But like they a they invented beatboxing, and then b it's like it might sound kind of like Ringo Starr was just like tossing off a quick. Well, that's what they're called beats, short for the Beatles. Yeah, exactly. They invented the idea of having a beat in your song. Like yeah, before the Beatles, there was no rhythm in music yet. Yeah. You know, they invented the idea of the chorus in their very first song. This one's called The Chorus, where they said, Hey there, we are the Beatles, and we like to rap around. I'll take this little piece of paper, and i put it on my tongue. I think something else that's really important to know about the uh, Yo! album by the Rappin' Beatles is that at the time that John Lennon was conceiving this, he really, really, really got concerned with sucka MCs. Oh yeah, he hated sucka MCs. There's so like, many songs like there how, weren't even about, any MCs hey, yet. Sucka really. MCs, they're so whack. Yeah, he predicted it though. He predicted sucka it. MCs, they're so whack. Sucka MCs, it's like they're smoking crack. He invented crack he too. Ta- the Beatles invented crack. He talks crack. about. He even talks about eating one of them in their song "Rude, Crude, and Nasty." He implies that they all killed one of the sucker MCs and ate him. Which, in uh, Reno. you know, if you trace a lot of what happened back then, one of uh, Africa Bombada's, um, you know, uh, crew went missing at this time and they never found a stitch of them. At that time, the Beatles were touring in New York City. You know, they were doing all, they were going to Manhattan, they were doing a show in Brooklyn, they were doing a show in Queens, they were doing and the New it- York tour. <laughs> And a few days after that, John Lennon played that Brooklyn show, and he weighed about 150 pounds more than usual and had a big bulge in his belly. It's also that Ringo Starr, instead of drums, was playing what appeared to be a human's rib cage <laughs> that was picked clean like and bleached. Yeah, and he had the xylophone hammers. Paul know, McCartney was beatboxing. They had Ringo on xylophone, and then John Lennon was just freestyling for about two and a half hours, and George was playing his famous guitar. Well, Don, Don Le- Henley was on the the drum machine. A lot of people think oh, that they, yeah, you know, yeah. you know part of the you know the controversy of uh you know john lennon getting shot is that you know don henley 
and him were collaborators uh, during this period of time. And Don Henley was shot a week after John Lennon, which people do think is a retaliation because John did invite Don to go ahead and lay down some of the tracks for Yo!, But Don got inspired and was going to apparently release a rap album of his own. This did not. The Rappin' Eagles. The Rappin' Eagles. (laughs) (laughs) And the Rappin' Eagles were like, we're going to California and we're better at rapping than the Rappin' Beatles. And And he took that personally. And, um, uh, you know. John Lennon had he. John Lennon was very proud that he secured the only feature besides Yoko Ono on the Rappin' Beatles album was one of the Fat Boys, and he was very proud of that. And then Don Henley called him up one day, and he was like, "John, it's me, Don Henley from the Eagles. I just got the other Fat Boy on my song, and I'm gonna rap over that shit." And yeah. he was like, "No, that was my idea to rap with the Fat Boy, one of them." And then they weren't like that. Drove a rift between their otherwise like very good friendship. And, you know, while while the Eagles, you know, you know, after 1980, they weren't active anymore. The Rappin' Eagles were still active even after the death of Don Henley. They changed their name to the Red Hot Chili Peppers and are still releasing albums to this day. They're mostly just kind of playing the hits like um, their mashup uh, that went to number one on the charts of Hotel California and California Love by Tupac. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the Eagles and the Red Hot Chili Peppers love California. Oh, yes. Yeah, they were obsessed with it. It was kind of like their Liverpool. John <laughs> Lennon became fascinated by California after visiting Don so much that he wrote Champagne Toilet about oh, yeah, California. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Don started referring to himself as the lad from California, which also drove a wedge between him and, you know, the four Beatles. Not Ringo. Ringo is Ringo pretty... is in a perpetual K-hole. Yeah, Ringo's been in a K-hole <laughs> since, I think, about 64. It was him and Yeah, the... ever since the Queen put him onto it. Yeah, it was him and Prince Philip, I think, that, you know, went way, like, way down into a K-hole. Um, that's why, kind of, they had Don Henley doing a lot of the drum machine stuff, because, you know, Ringo would just be freaking out playing human ribs, and, you know, <laughs> they didn't even have him hooked up to a microphone. Well, the Ringo would do the drugs with the Queen, and then she'd hook him and Philip up in her soul machine. And I guess Ringo resisted it, but Philip had like his soul just clean sucked out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been completely removed. The Queen apparently still holds his phylactery, but will not give him charge and control over it. Um, just another one of those weird things that kind of, you know, it takes decades for this stuff to like see the light of day. You know, as people get older, they're more willing to talk about the crazy things that happened then. And, uh, you know, that's how we figured out most about the rapping Beatles. People didn't even know anything about the rapping Beatles till about 2009 when Don Henley let it slip in an interview because he was in a K-hole. I think there's another story about the Beatles that's been going on around in recent years about how they like to jack off together when they were younger. <laughs> but what people don't know about, like the missing detail from that story is that the Queen made them do it. So it was okay. Yeah, the, the apparently it was the Queen's thing. Um, she called it Ookie Cookie and made them all jack off on a cookie. And then uh, I guess Prince Philip would eat it. So it was a, it was a bizarre time, the 60s. That was where they got the title of their uh, 1966 album Limp Biscuit from. Mm-hmm. And you know, the- and then, uh, that also kicked off those years when um, John Lennon would wear his famous red Yankees cap. Oh yeah, in all the music videos, you know. Oh yeah, wear it backwards and whatnot. Yep. 
Man, they were uh, just running down this just uh, really makes me smile thinking about all these, you know, great memories. You guys, what are some of your favorite songs? And they can be on Yo or they could be on a regular thing. But what's one of your favorite Beatles songs we can just discuss now? Peppermint Lady Dancer. Oh, I love Peppermint Lady Dancer. Uh, that song where he keeps talking about licking that lady's legs, and then at the end of the song, he finds out that she's not made of peppermint. That's just what her socks were colored. It, it's so cute and fun and whimsical. And today's music doesn't have that sense of whimsy that you know the Beatles had when they saw they sung about like you know what if a toad had wheels instead of legs? <laughs> and it, they named that song "Wheeled Toad." <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you knew that those guys were on some heavy drugs. I want my toad to have wheels. I can't hold my toad's hands because his hands are wheels. Uh, then they did that remix of that song on Yo, where it was like, oh, I'm rapping, jo- oh, I'm rapping Johnny L, and he is the deal. I want my toad to have wheels. And, and that killed. People went nuts. They're like, I've never heard anything like this before. And, you know, they're wearing the black turtlenecks with the big gold chains. <laughs> they still have their famous mopped-topped haircuts that they brought with them from Liverpool. But these guys were all of a sudden coming with a crazy new energy. And everyone came together and said, this is the birth of hip-hop. I'm glad you brought up the mop-tops again, the famous mop-tops. Oh. because. That first time when those Beatles got on their first plane um, to America and they told the guy, oh, go, hey, a pilot, can you pilot this plane across the pond, please? We're the Beatles and we're going to America. We got a rooftop to play Um, on, mate. The flight attendant. We got to play the rooftops, sing from the rooftops. The flight attendant noticed their mop-topped hair and was like, you can't bring those on the plane. And she made them deplane and check those mop tops as baggage and then pick them up at the airport when they arrived in New York City, New York. And it said that John Lennon, upon upon entering the United States, coming from the airport in New York City, immediately bought a Ducati motorcycle and disappeared for oh, about yeah. a week. <laughs> yeah. No, he was he was he was insane about that Ducati. He brought Ducati hottie uh, about because it. when they were <laughs> everyone thought it was a oh, woman, Ducati but it was hottie, the bike. Yeah, yeah. It, well, but it was really a metaphor for ketamine. I thought it was a metaphor for having because he talks about having sex with the motorcycle. So I thought that the motorcycle <laughs> was a metaphor for a woman. He talks about you know, <laughs> all wanna bring the Ducati in my twin saw's bed. You know. And I stuck it in the tailpipe. Yeah. And then he sings, he says, like, you know, I spend all my time with her on the road. Then I take her to the back and I show her my toad. He's always on about toads. Yeah. <laughs> and, and not the one on wheels. Not the one on wheels. He did have a wheeled toad. Well, um, was he the it, wheeled it, toad it, on his Ducati? <laughs> I mean, you don't know. No, he had... <laughs> We know there is evidence of a real to- wheeled toad actually existing. We don't have photographs of it, but it was written into his rider when he would do Wembley Arena. You know, they would always do their iconic Wembley Arena, you know, concert every year and on the 4th of July. And, you know, the rider that you can see there, I have it actually framed. He needs a little Hot Wheels track for his wheeled toad so his toad can, like, <laughs> go around and zip around and not get lost. I'm gr- glad because- you brought up that famous July 4th concert because um, that's there's if you listen to the live recording of that, he does some stage banter where he talks about, like, 
Oh, the first time I saw me first wheeled toad was in the magical Liverpool forest. I grew up right next to the magical Liverpool forest where the wheeled toad doth dwell. Well. And then he's saying a wheeled toad for about 15 minutes. They really jammed it out. Yeah, yeah. The That forest has not been found. Um, we're not sure if he's referring to a moment of his childhood. Um, there are forests outside of Liverpool, but uh, there hasn't been any toads with any types of wheels found in any of them. So not able to confirm any of that. That could have been a metaphor. But when you're dealing with the Beatles, you kind of have to take them at face value. A lot of I people mean, there's thought a number of fans. A number of fans have claimed to have seen tiny wheel tracks in the dirt in the yeah. forest outside Liverpool. But that, you know, you have to take the Beatles at face value because everyone assumed yellow submarine was was a very lazy metaphor. But it turned out that actually they had a contract. Um, it was, um, you know, through the United States government where when they agreed, you know, to come over to the pond for the first time, you know, they they had like a, a, a you know, how many concerts we do. And they were given a submarine and they did paint it yellow. And George yeah. Harrison did go in a K-hole in it. They and did the live in it was for quite for about some time. Two years. Well, and back to the, back to the toad, the toad, we don't know whether this is true or not, but it said that when they were touring with the who Keith moon sat on the toad and killed it by accident when he yeah. was really drunk. And that's why they killed Keith moon because he killed the wheeled yeah. toad. And, you know, they had been getting away with, you know, kind of whatever they wanted for so long that, um, you know, Who's to say, you know, what happened? Um, you know, who's to say, you know, when Don Henley was shot a week after John Lennon was shot, you know, people say that they did see George Harrison at the concert yeah. that he was shot at. Those two murders kind of kicked off like a whole East Coast, uh, West Coast beef. Yeah. Because like Don Henley was from that West Coast style of, of America. <laughs> turning into, yeah. And, then, and uh, they were England from the East like Coast the of East England. The East Coast of America. Yeah. Well, Liverpool is on the East Coast of England, probably. <laughs> There's like a 50% chance I'm right about that. Uh, so I'm going to go with it. <laughs> I wanted to get back actually to Yellow Submarine when you were talking about that because that song is really interesting how direct it is because it's not a metaphor, unlike most of their songs. But actually, when they were writing that, they considered making it a metaphor for their Yellow Submarine. And Paul was like, what if we called it Yellow Car? What if it was about a yellow car? Or a green a car, but it's actually yellow. What if we make the submarine a toad? What if the... <laughs> What if the submarine is a metaphor for a cock or a prick? Well, then what's the toad a metaphor for? I thought it was just a toad I like to hang out with. That's John's prick. (laughs) Well, then I don't want to play with my toad if it's just kind of how the conversation probably went. You can imagine. Yeah, exactly. Basically, exactly like that. Um, and of course, Yoko Ono was very against the toad. She said the toad had a bad personality. She said the toad was rude and never thanked anyone when they gave it flies. Well, someone, some people say that they speculated that she killed the toad and blamed Keith Mood and his um, substance abuse. Yeah. And the toad was what kept the Beatles together. And Yoko Ono was the one that bro- broke them apart. Well, also Beatles poker. There is an incident that I have cited in 1967 where George actually bet his beloved wheeled toad. And people say that might be why John Lennon ate his finger in a pie. That was a compromise instead of, you know, 
taking his precious toad away from him, even though yeah, it was shame. stated that the wheeled toad was a metaphor for John's prick, which is yeah, penis. Unfortunately, you know, the only clues we have about that story are in the lyrics uh, of the song about that incident. But most of the lyrics are just talking about um, how to bake the finger into a pie and kind of giving you the recipe. So they don't really get too much into the backstory, which there's is a also, shame for Beatleologists, you know? There's a lot of legends that are behind the Beatles mythos. Um, one that seems to be a lot of, there seems to be a lot of evidence for, um, including genetic evidence, was that the Beatles were all brothers and actually quadruplets. Oh, really? I haven't seen any of that research. What, what, who <laughs> would be out their, there? Who would be their parents then in this situation? I don't know. Some say the queen's mom was their actual mother. Well, that would explain why she was so friendly with them and then turned on them so much. As we do know, it is fact that the queen orchestrated the murder of Princess Diana. Um, the murder of John Lennon would not be too far fetched. Well, John was um, he was with Diana, saying that Canada needed more sodas and more brands of soda. Yeah. And that the taxes on soda is way too high. He said birch beer is just root beer. It's the same thing. It doesn't count as a different type of soda. You know, he said that, you know, he's not, you know, uh, he's not a fan of, you know, a lot of the, you know, Canadian kind of fast food, um, A&W and whatnot. And, you know, the queen reigns dominion over Canada and was not happy with that either. John Lennon said that you you can roll up the, the rim and not win. Which was very controversial. It was very controversial. Yeah, they got the Beatles kicked out of Canada. They had to like flee on a bus. Yeah, back to America. Well, they had that. You know, one of I think it's the sixty seventh track on um, Yo, where it the whole thing is, you know, ahead of its time in the fact that during the song, John Lennon references the TV show Corner Gas and says it's not that good, <laughs> and Corner Gas hadn't even been released yet. So I'm not even wow. sure where John got most of his inspiration for this. Which is like, was Mark David Chapman the alleged killer of John Lennon? Which is he, was he a time traveler? Right. Did John Lennon, uh, in one of the hidden tracks on Yo's, say that Catcher in the Rye is a bad book? Yeah. And that's what set him off from to travel back in time and kill John. And, you know, maybe Don Henley was involved. Don Henley was noted to be a big fan of Corner Gas um, before his demise a week later. Um, perhaps this was all orchestrated over, you know, syndicated Canadian television. You know, we're kind of talking about the dark times a lot right here, but I kind of want to think back to some of the good times for the Beatles. You're right. Let's, um, let's... You know, like in the maybe the mid to late 60s, when they were really popular in America and they loved being here, the Beatles were like, we're going to move Wembley Stadium to New York yeah. City. We're going so to they uprooted. uprooted. They wanted to yeah, put it inside they Madison Square Garden. And they did for like five years. Yeah, Ringo said, I want to put Wembley on my little submarine and take it all the way to New York City. Yeah, they tied a rope to Wembley and then they tied uh, the other side of the rope around the... Um, the little periscope on the submarine, and they just dragged it across the pond. A lot of people don't realize that from about 1967 to about 1969, um, Ringo Starr was a cartoon. Um, the K-hole mixed in with a batch of LSD, and he was living as a human cartoon for about two years. Um, they tried to keep this hush-hush in the media, but you can see in that famous uh, album where he walks across the street, 
um, you can actually see if you zoom in on Ringo, Ringo is a 2D cartoon, um, a crudely drawn one, if that, um, you know, he doesn't even have hands drawn. Um, apparently, whoever, you know, Ringo was drawn by at the time, didn't know how to do hands. Uh, his feet were oversized. His ears didn't match. Um, Ringo lived as that kind of crude cartoon figure for two years. Well, it was in 69 when they toured, actually during the Summer of Love, they did a short tour for a month in hell. They went to hell, and Ringo was actually changed back while um, while they're touring, and I think the the fourth circle. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, hell was was so impressed with the Beatles that no one, like everyone wanted to go to hell that year. Everyone was like, oh, I I need a sin. I need a sin. I need a sin. Yeah. And um, they're all trying to die. And um, what was crazy is that the Beatles kind of brought a, a, a bright light presence to hell and made it a happier place. Well, well, that's uh, a lot about you know what the song "Imagine" was about. You know, imagine if we could go to hell and we could make hell fun. Like, imagine how nice Wait, really? the world would be. Well, I don't know if that's true because I thought "Imagine" was about imagine a world when the "Yo" by the Rappin' Beatles album uh, is released. Well, that's what would make hell so happy. Is this this oh, project? Oh, Yo for the yeah. first time. Because they're saying we're getting too dark. You know, Ringo's not a cartoon anymore. George, is, you know, for you know, from '63 to '64, George Harrison was a Muppet. Um, Joe, he snapped out of that. They were getting a little edge to them. They were getting a little dark. They were getting a little beleaguered by their own fame. And they said, and that's when John first brought up yo to the band. And he said, we're going to go to hell. I have this fun idea where we're all going to have a good time. We're going to laugh. We're going to talk about toads and cartoons and wheels. We're going to talk about, you know, chocolate chip pancake dinners. It's going to be like that was ha- 11 half years of the before. songs. Yeah. That was, that was 11 like, years before yeah. he even made yo. So yeah. the, the Beatles were talking about yo for about two decades. Yeah. In the sixties, every once in a while they'd be on tour and John would just be like, Hey, it's me, John, Paul. What do you think if we start r- rapping in our tunes? Oh, what if we rapped on them? And Paul was like, that's a stupid idea. I don't want to do that. And well, I'm you know. George Harrison, and I want to rap about my wheeled toad. <laughs> I'm, I'm Paul McCartney, and I would like a toad <laughs> with wings. Hey, I got an idea for a band someday. Are you talking about a his band toad? toad? I'm talking about wings. My band I'm going to make after John gets killed. <laughs> you can imagine how it how You can it imagine. That's what the, you know, another thing the song <laughs> was named after. It's funny. Uh, another thing about John Lennon and his, his famous uh, suicide or homicide, whatever happened to him, uh, that first Beatles album, or maybe it was the second Beatles album that was called Ready to Die. <laughs> and, and then... Uh, you know, then he died. Well, like, on, his, on that later, album, the, on, the, on Yo, with, um, on, I think it is Heaven Let Me Live. If you play it backwards, the record, it's said that you can hear John's voice saying, Paul's a pussy. Oh, yeah. And uh, you can actually, uh, in some of the, you know, work that was released that John did with Yo Go Ono, um, that's a prevalent theme of saying that, you know, Paul doesn't have the stones to do anything about it. I'm John Lennon, and I'm here to say I'm going to rap in a new, fun way. Um, 
kind of taking it at, you know, the authority that was Paul McCartney. And that's why people speculated about what went wrong for so long. Yeah. And it was interesting too. like another uh, sort of moment of tension between them was that when a lot of the tracks on Yo! had been completed, uh, John Lennon didn't want to go through the usual like music industry process for distributing this album. So he really started hanging out in the strip clubs a lot and he was handing out his tracks to strip club DJs. Like, yo, oh, yeah. can you play this he also, fire? He I also recorded. leaked Yo! on the LimeWire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> I know a lot about the Beatles. Uh, Me too. He, he uploaded it. It was a three-hour MP3 named toad.jpeg.mp3 that was leaked. And people thought it yeah, was, there was no <laughs> fake for so long. Yeah, there's no indication it's by the Beatles, but we know now it's confirmed that this thing was real. Yeah, it's 100 tracks. It's three hours long. Most of them are about toads. And the thing, the people who can corroborate it are those people who were in those strip clubs at the time. Right. When John Lennon would show up, he was always eating wings at the, the, at the buffet for lunch. And it kind of also drove a little tension in him and Yoko's relationship because she's like, why are you eating wings at, at, for lunch every day at the strip club? And he's like, I'm working on my music career. I'm trying to like get my songs out there. And she's like, I don't know, man. I think you're looking at these dancers, these floozies, she and, said. And uh, he's like, they're not floozies. Cinnamon's not a floozy. She's my friend, you know? He was trying to eat a lot of wings at the time because, you know, people would say to him, why would you name your band, your project Wings? And then he would say, you are what you eat. And he thought that was like a really good line. It turned out in retrospect, it was not so a burn. That John was, was going to name a, he's going to make a band called Wings and then Paul stole it. Oh, no, I'm talking <laughs> about Paul Mc, McCartney. Paul McCartney did it. Oh. Um, yeah. No, he a made A lot of Wings. people confuse Paul McCartney with John Lennon because they were both in the Beatles. Yeah. Because they would, you know, they would also, the Beatles would, you know, part of the whimsical things they would do is they would constantly pretend to be each other, which Paul made it very confusing. Paul was circular glasses. It was He's very confusing for glasses. Yoko Ono when, you know, she thought she would be laying in bed with John Lennon and it turned out to be Ringo in disguise. <laughs> and and that, that, for some reason, we don't know the exact rules of it, but apparently that was one of the outcomes that could happen in Beatles poker is they would have to pretend to be each other for a day. And if anyone found out, well, you, you know, you get a little bit of your finger bit or you'd get yelled at or you'd get scratched up. They like to scratch each other on the thighs. Paul was so actually when, was actually mistakenly shot once because he was walking down the street doing the John Lennon walk where his leg looks really big and walking way in front of himself. Yeah. And kind of leaning back. And Mark David Chapman thought he was John Lennon and he shot Paul. Yeah. And, Mark, he, and, and Mark was like, oh, mate. Sorry for shooting you. I thought you was John Lennon. Uh, well, he was American, but um, and Paul but he was liked like the Beatles, so he talked like them. And Paul was like, "That's all right. You're a good lad. <laughs> Just yeah. drive me to the hospital then." And Mark well, David Chapman uh, drove him to the hospital, and they became good friends for years. And then um, in 1980, he killed John Lennon. Well, some people say. Some I think say. it was fake. That, I have the gun actually, right here, actually. I think we, John did it himself. Well, I oh, have you have the in, gun. I have it in a Ziploc freezer is... bag right here. You guys can see I have the gun that killed John. Supposedly, uh, you know, killed this John gun is Lennon. Not, this is not, to me, a very interesting piece of Beatles paraphernalia because 
Like, this isn't even the only shooting incident we're talking about. Because once the Beatles came to America, they loved guns. They're like, oh, hey, they got yeah. guns in America. Oh, they my always God. had like a dozen fucking guns on them. They'd always shoot themselves in the feet and all I that. I want so, like, to get an Uzi, Ringo would say. And Ringo <laughs> would have two Uzis just going nuts. It made a lot of problems for them when they went to LSD Island to like hang out and whatnot. And they would have all these Uzis and what, MP5s. All, they had all the guns from. They had ops. They had everything. Some people say that they inspired the one of the tracks on Yo, written by John, called "My Gat Equals My Toad." Yeah, yeah. Well, the other uh, song that it inspired was called "Human Uzi." Yeah. It's that one where he's like, "Brap, brap, brap, brap." I'm the human Uzi. I go to the strip club to hang out with floozies. Yeah. And he tried to have that one uh, played at the strip club, but the strippers were offended by. He was kind of actually saying mean things about them. My name is Ringo Starr, and I'm here to say that me and my Uzi are here to stay. I got a trigger, and I like to pull it, but if you uh, cross me, you're going to get a bullet. Yeah, the Beatles were the first band to use a gunshot as the snare sample on their song. Um, and so Paul McCartney, gonna... went, Paul McCartney went on to write, Don't you know I've always loved you like my gun with wings? I'm going to pull out this gun here for a second. I want you guys to take a look at it. You can see here it is a loaded gun, right? But you can see the rusting underneath the trigger. You can see how the barrel doesn't really, or the, uh, the, 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 you know, the six shooter area doesn't really rotate. The barrel is, is unclean and clear. There's 0% chance that this gun will fire. Uh, I'd love to prove my point here now that I have everybody. I've done this countless times sitting in my study at home, right? I've taken this gun that killed John Lennon and I put it in my mouth and I pull the trigger over and over and over and over and <laughs> nothing ever happens. And I tell well, this I'm situation, like, see that. See, I, I understand as a Beatles fan, why you did that. Cause in John Lennon's song, happiness is a loaded gun. Those, the lyrics are about that. He's like, yeah. every night I take my gun and I put it in my mouth and click the trigger again and again and mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. And you know, he said like, like, you know, a gun is to me as the wheels are to a toad. Or the wheels are on the bus too. He also wrote that song "Wheels on the Bus." Yeah, they got covered by some kids or uh, whoever made but it famous. Anyway, I, I was hoping um, it's loaded, it's ready to go. If one of you guys want to point this at me and pull the trigger, I can prove finally. Well, why don't that why this... don't you put it in your own mouth and just shoot it a bunch of times? Okay, well, let me just put it in my mouth here, and you can see from there, I got like kind of stuck in the um, kind of corner of the hood right there. And you can see the kind of the the rifling in the barrel here is I'm gonna shoot it and there's absolutely no Oh damn, do you think he's dead? I mean his brain is leaking everywhere. Oh he looks like he blew his brains all over the floor and the ceiling. Oh no. That's what I would imagine like the Beatles would say. If they saw this, yeah. I was thinking, what would the Beatles say if they were here right now? One of the most beloved Beatleologists has just died on on a podcast. Not on camera, I guess, but on, on mic. Rest in peace, Peter bitch. That's what uh, Ringo would say. Paul would say, I'm Paul McCartney. I'm really sorry this happened to such a super fan of, of us lit lads from Liverpool with our mop tops on. From across the pond. Actually, seeing this happen to Peter actually just gave me a new theory about what happened to John Lennon on that fateful day in the 80s. What if 
he put that very same gun that Peter just used. What if he borrowed it from Mark David Chapman, just saying he wanted to go hunting in Central Park. And instead he put the gun in his mouth and he went bam, bam, bam with the bullets. And he shot himself in the mouth six times. What if he was trying to make a beat with the gunshots? That's very plausible because there's there's guns on almost every track on Yo. And he had um, George R.R. Martin, their producer, in the studio <laughs> in New York. Um, he was like, show me that new uh, microphone, George. I want to shoot it with my gun. And he shot like every microphone in New York City pretty much. They were like they were bringing in mics from different studios all over town. Like John Lennon needs more mics. He's going to shoot every single one of them for his album, you know? He's, you know, he's killing. He's literally killing these tracks. Yeah, exactly. Like he wanted to simulate the feeling of getting shot without having to actually shoot all of his fans personally. So he was like, what if I shoot the microphone and the fans listen to that? He was walking around all over Manhattan and he was known at that time to be either wearing some big boxers with hearts all over him or smiley faces and he'd be sagging. <laughs> and um, He invented that look actually. Yeah. I mean, it came around that time. I don't know. Maybe Mark David Chapman didn't like that either. It was 1980. Everyone around uh, Manhattan Town knew uh, John Lennon, but at that time, everyone was calling him <laughs> Rappin' Johnny L. And they were just like, oh, it's Rappin' Johnny L. Because he preferred that everyone in New York speak British around him, so he felt like he was at home, you know? Right. And he had that kind of dominance and that power. So just the, yeah. just the, uh, the aura of him would make people start uh, speaking with a horrible accent. When people would see John Lennon coming down the street in Manhattan, all the cars would shift over into the opposite side of the road <laughs> to make him feel at home. There's lots and lots of They started to paint all the, way, fo- the phone booths, uh, <laughs> yeah. the colors of London, the bright red. When he would walk past a coffee shop, they would dump out all the coffee and put on a fresh pot of tea. Oh, he loved it. He was actually kind of like Truman showing himself for a couple of years there in New York, where he's like, oh, I want to believe I'm in Liverpool. God damn it. Well, I think that's all there is to say about the Beatles. I think we've covered every single aspect in detail. I well, think we've, we've talked about every them song, entirely. We mentioned every song except for one that I wanted to bring up from those those good years in the, like the late 60s. Really? When, when they had moved um, Wembley Stadium to New York, uh, all of the fans here were like, what is this? Is this a baseball stadium? And the Beatles are like, no. So they made their song, uh, Over Here We Call It Football, uh, in order to let their fans know what soccer is called across the pond. But, uh, you know, it's a shame we got this uh, corpse here to deal with, um, because I just got word that the only existing vinyl copy of Yo! by the Rappin' Beatles has just showed up at a pawn shop in Brooklyn. Oh my God. That's right by us. Yeah, it's just down We're the recording street. on a on the rooftop that the Beatles played on about 40 years ago in Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> That's why the wind is just whipping into our microphones. Oh, it's howling up, up here. here and uh so this record, they they said that it's it's said to have like it's be it's like made of like a velcro material. Very strange. Yeah. It actually gets stuck on your record player. So once you play it, you can never play another record on that player. But the thing is, you're never going to want to hear another album. It's the only you album you're ever going to. So we got to go get it, right? And it has 100 songs, so you're never going to get tired of it. Um, this thing, I mean, this is probably the most valuable record on earth. There's I only mean, one plus copy. Plus 100 songs. Like you could, can you, can someone even finish the, an album that long? Oh, it's like eating a big meal. My tummy gets too full, you know? It's like my ears get too full of good music. 
some it's said that like not even the Beatles heard the entire album. They don't even know all their songs on it. Yeah, well, they would just leave the microphones recording overnight when they left the studio, and they included all of that on one really long song at the end that's about 14 days long. So this is like a vinyl box set that's like probably about seven. They're kind of getting into like a John Cage area at the end. Yeah, there. they. Yeah, exactly. And people at the time were they would call rap avant garde. I mean, they, it was completely unlistenable to some people they said yeah that was john lennon was like you know uh it, it's it's called hip-hop if we're on the track but what if there's no one on the track what what genre of music is that he also and, called uh, it hip-hop because it was all about toads yeah exactly because it's just toad, toad what does a toad hopping? hop when it has wheels that's the but that's the, the irony of it so you could tell john had a sense of humor absolutely that famous beatles humor um and I think that even their uh, instrumental music that has no instruments, that's just them in an empty studio overnight. Uh, they decided that is hip hop because it's the spirit. Hip hop is kind of a spirit of like doing something unconventional. So like if you think about like Tchaikovsky or some guy like who was like ahead of his time, that's hip hop too, you know, like right. Shakespeare. And was then also you much. could think about how it was the last thing they made. The last of the Beatles, hip hop, toads, toads eat Beatles, the end of the Beatles. You know, think about that. Yeah, it's very poetic. I mean, they, this stuff didn't happen by accident. Or maybe perhaps the fans were all inside eating a big meal that, and they were eating up all the stuff the Beatles had given them, and then something came rap, rap, rapping at the window, and that was the Beatles <laughs> with their new rap album that would change Yo. the world. Yeah, actually, do you know the story about why that album is called Yo? Because of Yoko Ono or... Well, that's one story, but then there's another uh, alternate story that some fans uh, believe may be the actual story that uh, they went into the studio to start rapping and um, John Lennon was in the vocal booth and Paul McCartney showed up late to the studio and then uh, John Lennon said to him, yo. Wow. And then that's where that's just the kind of relationship they had. Just incredible minds. Yeah. What I wouldn't give to be a fly on the wall, you know, at that time. Oh, you might get eaten by the toad. (laughs) Just like the the Beatles. Yes, indeed. So many metaphors, so many layers. Um, The Beatles are the greatest band or artists of our time, all time. The original rockers, the original rappers. Um, That's literally everything we could talk about with them. Yeah, um, and I think we're at the I'm end. I think up, we should go to that that that. Yeah, pawn I'm just shop. gonna pick up this gun here and put it in my pocket. Should we pawn um, the body? You like this is famous Beatlemaniac Peter Bitch. <laughs> we might as well try it. I guess let's drag him over there and see if even if they give us like five bucks for him, they can take it off the price of the album. Right. You know. And I mean, the, the album can't cost yeah, any more than it, like what hundred bucks a buck a track. Yeah, hundred bucks. They probably don't know the value of it. You know, they probably never heard of the Beatles, but um. Uh, a backup plan if they won't sell us the album or give us the discount. I got the gun now, so we could just shoot him and take Oh, it. so we could just... Okay. Well, that's something that sounds like John Lennon would do. Yeah. And also, I think it'd be an honor to get killed by the gun that killed John Lennon, so they should be thanking us for doing it when we Yeah, do maybe it. they'll become legends themselves. So, well, this has been awesome. Thank you for having me on, Cromwell. Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks for stopping by. This has been the first episode of Beatlemania, and, uh, you know, if we find that uh, vinyl, maybe we'll play everyone a track from Yo. Uh, but it'll be paywalled, so you'll have to pay a lot of money to hear it. That's right. Yo, it's the Beatles. We got something new. Oh, we're rappers now. Isn't that right, John? 
It's the B-E-A-T-L-E rap You can move your hands like clap, clap, clap They call us the Beatles, we invented the beat Now you can do your dance on Abbey Road Street It's the B-E-A-T-L-E rap You can move your hands like clap, clap, clap They call us the Beatles, we invented the beat Now you can do your dance on Abbey Road Street My name's John Lennon, the genius of the Beatles I write the best songs and I love to eat my meals Might sound like lemon, but I prefer lime Have one with my gin when I have a good time So lad with the specs, and you can see that Cause we make the fresh beats with the fresh hi-hat Cause I am the walrus, remember that joint? Well now we're doing rap, and that is my point Songs you don't sing, you just kinda yap Now listen to this thing that we all call rap Yeah, we're the Beatles and we got the beats Coming down Abbey Road with our shoes on our feet Well okay Paul, he likes to party And that's why his name is Paul McCartney One of us plays while the other one sings It's a shame I'll be shot and can't join wings Then you've got George, he's a lots of fun He looks like a Paul and I had a son He loves his bass and his nice mustache He gets the grooves going like the way we get cash Ringo was the last one, he's alive of course But I'm all out of time for more remorse It's the B-E-A-T-L-E rap You can move your hands like clap, clap, clap They call us the Beatles, we invented the beat Now you can do your dance on Abbey Road Street My name's Paul McSee, all the ladies love me I got a brand new dance cause I'm rocking to the beat Sucker MCs, don't talk to me Cause I'm controlling the mic so fancy free I play the bass and I like to dance I got a new style so I sag my pants I'm looking real fresh in my baseball cap While these sucker MCs all dress so whack From Abbey Road to Brooklyn Town The Beatles are here to break it down See it goes like this, there's a fresh new sound Now spin that record around and round We played them the track in Liverpool They didn't understand when we called it old school It's the B-E-A-T-L-E beat Now get off the chair and on your feet I'm George Harrison and I invented rap It just came to me with a snap and a clap You got the low drums and you got the hi-hat It makes you wanna dance and clap And it's okay to wrong clap and clap Because rap is fun and that is that So don't be shy, make your hands clap Because the rapping Beatles wanna hear you clap When it comes to most famous, I'm number three I sit in the back seat, just Rango and me He locks playing drums and he locks Tai Chi In a couple of years we're gonna try LSD We flew across a pond and by pond we mean sea Just some Liverpool lads on the Sullivan's TV We're the rapping Beatles, so take your hands and clap Because we are rapping and we wanna hear you clap I'm George Harrison and I'm here to say You should listen to what Ringo has to say I'm Beatle number four Check the lingo, I'm a big star, my name is Ringo I hope everybody can catch the beat It's the B-E-A-T-L-E rap You can move your hands like clap, clap, clap They call us the Beatles, we invented the beat Now you can do your dance on Abbey Road Street It's the B-E-A-T-L-E rap You can move your hands like clap, clap, clap They call us the Beatles, we invented the beat Now you can do your dance on Abbey Road Street We're rappers now Isn't that right, John? 